Welcome to the HagwanStart.com podcast. I am your host, Tony Choi, a.k.a. Tony Teacher, and I share my journey as the owner of IGL English, which is an English academy located in Gangnam, Seoul, Korea. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast, and I hope you learn valuable things. Hello, welcome to HagwanStart.com. I'm Tony, and this is episode 7, and I'm recording an episode that I have wanted to speak about for a long time because it's popping up these days and I have a lot of thoughts and I didn't want to really uh, talk about it uh, because I'm a Hagwon owner or a past Hagwon owner myself uh, so there might be some biases but but before that I'm not going to tell you what to do or I might but there are just some things I want you to think about um, and nowadays I'm seeing more and more Hagwons on sale you know you see them on Facebook people you know, you see long posts, hey, I'm selling my gongbukbang, and then, I don't know, they'll they'll write a little bit about their school, or they'll say, I don't know, PM me or something, and, you know, that, that gets me thinking, and, you know, there's people who are wondering, should I buy one, is this a good decision, a good investment, um, but before I begin, let me just share my experience in the Hagwon industry, I, I owned a Kyosubso for close to four years, it was doing okay, um, I worked in a large Hagwon, I worked with Epic outside of Seoul, and I worked with uh, in the Gangnam district in a public school. So not that much experience in the Hagwon industry in different places, but somewhat I know a little bit. And I also have a flower business, and that is related because that's also a small business, which is most likely the type of business that you may be thinking of purchasing. So before you... Before I really tell you what you should do or what you shouldn't do, uh, I think there are some things you need to know. And it, it has nothing to do with the actual Hagwon business and how much it's making and how much how many students they have and what kind of curriculum. The very first thing I think you need to know is you need to know yourself. You need to know whether you like starting businesses. Personally, for me, I, I just love starting and building something that has value and that people are willing to pay money for uh, that's why I, you know, well, my wife always tells me, you know, like, we, I need to focus on one thing. You know, I was trying to build uh, so many things and I've kind of calmed down a bit and I, I'm, I'm really focusing on my flower shop. But you need, you need to really know yourself. Do you like starting things? Or maybe you, do, you feel like you don't have that skill of implementing. Uh, if, you, if you know that and you're, you're afraid to implement or, you know, and you have some money, but you are a good teacher and you... Uh, and and you might not be uh, good at you know starting a business from scratch, then you know that's maybe someone who's leaning towards maybe buying a hagwon um, type business. But of course, there are other things that you should really consider and know. You also need to know what kind of life you want to have, uh, what kind of things you don't like, what kinds of things mesh with your personality. Uh, you need to know all these things to help you make a decision better. When people say, like, do you think it's a good investment for me to start a or to uh, buy a, an existing Hagwon business? Well, I, I don't know because I don't know the, who that person is, what that person likes, what that person wants, and what that person doesn't want. So you need to really know yourself first. Um, and then you can kind of get an idea of whether or not a Hagwon type business is for you. Are you going to be okay working from like 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. teaching classes or 9 p.m.? Or it depends on whatever that, maybe it's a kongupang and you, you work less hours. 
Are you going to be okay with people, you know, visiting your home and kind of not really having uh, like a home to yourself, separate from your business? These are all things you really need to consider. You shouldn't just be thinking, okay, oh, this is, I think it's an easy business for me. And, oh, this guy says it's easy, all like easy money. And then boom, like you might find yourself in trouble, right? Or it might end up working well. So the most important thing is you really need to know yourself. Second thing you need to know is the infrastructure of that area. So it has nothing to do with their business. So these first two things have nothing to do with Howland business itself. So you want to find out how old that area is. So for me and my Kyosubso business, uh, it's in the Kangna, it was in the Kangnam area. But if you go there now, there's buildings being demolished and being built as we speak. And some buildings that have been made and are being filled slowly. So what does that tell you? Well, that means that those buildings are empty and only half filled. That means the amount of students in that area has gone down drastically because of all of the rebuilding. Or I don't know if it's gentrifying or whatever you want to call it. So you really want to know the infrastructure of that area. Why, why, why would somebody want to leave that place? you know, that area in particular. Um, maybe there's, uh, they're going to demolish everything and then there's going to be a new mall built. You know, that is happen, happening in Korea in certain parts. And that's like one of the worst things that could happen because you literally can't do anything if buildings in your area are going down. It doesn't matter how good your marketing is or whatnot. Unless you have students who live far from you and you have buses and you're picking them up from different areas, then okay, um, but, um, yeah, if that's not the case, um, pretty much you're screwed. There's nothing you can do about it. So know the infrastructure of that area. Um, are there new buildings coming in in the next few years? Usually people will say, you never know when it's going to happen, but when people know, they will know at least a few years ahead. Like I would like, cause in our area, when we moved in, people are like, oh, like, we don't know, like, you know, people are saying they're going to um, demolish and rebuild these buildings. And I asked uh, my uh, professor friend, my dad's friend, and he's like, yeah, like, and his mother-in-law lives there. And of course, he has no reason for uh, for me to, like, to lie to me about them not recreating the buildings or not. And he's like saying probably 10, 15 years. They always say that, but it's like, it never happens. But hey, guess what? It happened. And there's no way of really knowing that until like literally two years before because for in order for that to happen, all of the owners in the building and in Korea, usually there's not just one owner. Like usually people own a unit, like, you know, one room. They all have to agree uh, to demolish and make a new building. And it's not easy to come to a consensus, right? So some buildings, they might be, oh, we're going to rebuild in two years. And then later you find out two years later, oh, 10 years later. And then another building, oh, we're going to do it in five years. And then literally next year you find out that they're going to build. But when you find out, usually they give you like a year period or so. And um, like that's why we, that was another reason why we closed our kills or so in that area. Because all our students were slowly disappearing and we had our flower business that was growing. So it just, it was obviously uh, the right decision for us to switch industries at that time. So yeah, know the infrastructure Figure out, find out what, what kind of buildings are coming in, what are going out, uh, and so that you know that there are enough students there. Because it has nothing to do with how good the school is, right? 
The third thing you need to know is the market in that area. Like, what, what kind of students are in that area? Are they willing to pay for the education? Um, maybe there has been a, a huge influx of students going to a new school far away on a bus because they have a great program. Uh, you want to kind of get an idea of what is going on in that area. Of course, this one is probably the hardest thing because you really need to do research. It takes a lot of, lot, lot of due, due diligence. I don't know if that's the word. But yeah, it takes a lot of work to find out uh, what kind of risks are involved. And honestly, to be honest, probably I wouldn't even go through the, the trouble of trying to find out everything about the market in the air myself because I, I just think it's uh, – I think I'd rather use my time doing something else. Uh, that's just me, right? So you need to know yourself and then you can uh, figure out um, why you may want to buy a ex- existing Hagwon business in the first place, right? So this is just – in general, whether you want to buy an existing Hagwon in that area, right? And of course, usually you won't uh, check out an area unless there is a specific Hagwon business uh, that you are interested in. So anyways, these three things you need to know. You know yourself, know the infrastructure of that area, know the market in that area. Market meaning what kind of people are there, what kind of money they are willing to spend on English education. And then these three questions basically answer the question, or uh, these three things basically answer answer the question, why am I buying uh, Hagwon in the first place? Why am I buying this Kyosuso business in the first place, right? So you want to get to know that. And if you don't know yourself, I mean, you need to figure it out. I mean, get a piece of paper, write down some things you like to do, you don't like, and that will give you a better idea at least. Uh, don't just you know go for an investment because you think oh it's like the easy way out oh this is going to be easy I don't want to teach at a Hagwon anymore and get a salary of only two point six million a month or whatever it is and then you know they're telling you they're ma- you know you're going to make like eight million a-, a month no problem I mean it sounds great and all but you you also really need to uh, do your research and make sure that you know what you're getting into and of course you need to do your research on yourself. Okay, and then here's our next section. Uh, I want to encourage you not to be like me, uh, meaning you want to ask questions. Uh, I like asking questions, but at the same time, I like to keep the peace. Um, I guess it's just the way my wife and I are. We would rather maybe go a little bit out of the way or pay a little extra than to really upset someone, as, as crazy as that sounds. Um, but that's just kind of our character. And of course, I try to go against that as much as I can, but for the most part, it's not easy for me to do that. Uh, but if you are okay, and at least there are ways you can do it, like you know, ask nicely or you know, just ask as many questions up front if possible, and ask you know things like how to how to find out about their school. And of course, I've never bought a business uh, yet or ever have. Uh, and I don't want to share my opinion yet, but you, maybe you got a little sneak peek of my opinion about buying a business uh, in the first place. But anyhow, we'll get to that. So there, there are three more things, or no, two more things I think you need to know, which is very important, uh, which are very important. And the first thing is you need to know their school, the school that you are going to buy, the Kongupang, Kyosuso, or Hagwon, whatever it is. And you want to ask questions. You want to ask questions um about their school like what they teach how they teach how many students they have around how much money they make i mean by law you're you're allowed to know these things if 
someone is selling a business to you. Um, so know their school. Uh, know the grades they teach, what times they teach, everything. Um, I guess you also want to find out what the philosophy of teaching they have, what kind of parents you, they have to deal with. I mean, they're going to be annoyed by this, but since you are a potential buyer, they will be more than happy to answer these questions. Probably. Maybe not. But anyways, uh, or maybe you're like me and you just rather like not ask too many questions and just kind of figure it out on your own on the way. That's kind of like the way I roll because I, I enjoy the challenge of building something and finding a way to make it work. And I've been able to do that, um, luckily, uh, because I like the challenge. But if you don't and you're like, you want, you know, you want to make sure everything is set for you, then you want to make sure to ask a lot of questions. Second thing you want to know is their history. I mean, how long have they been in business in that area? Um, if they've only been in that area for one year and they're selling, I mean, uh, you, some red lights should go on and be like, okay, why are they selling within one year? You want to figure out why they're selling this. You want to find out um, what kind of students they've been getting. Uh, a lot of the time, not a lot of times, but sometimes somehow ones get like the leftovers, especially the smaller ones, right? Then you have to work with those leftovers and get amazing results and then then you'll get like a influx of students, right? That's what usually happens with small kyosopsos or kumbubox. Unless you're teaching really young learners, right? But even still, you get to that you get that to some extent. Anyways, you want to know their school, know their history, uh, even as people, if possible, right? Obviously, honestly, for me, I probably would just probably do the first two no's of the five no's that I shared. So let me just share the five no's. Know yourself. Know the infrastructure, know the market in the area, know their school, know their history. Me, I mean, if you can do all five of these, you will be better prepared. Uh, you will probably, it'll save you a lot less headache. But if you are um, an introvert like me and uh, like to avoid confrontation as much as possible, you want to know yourself, know the infrastructure of that area. You can do that just by walking around. And I mean, you have to at least do the, these first two because these first two are just going to really mess you up. Um, so the second one, you can just go to a, um, real estate agent and just ask, you're looking around for houses or whatnot. And then just ask, oh yeah, like, are there, this is an important question to ask. Are they going to ever rebuild buildings here anytime soon? Like, is there like, you know, any, uh, news about that? And usually the real estate agents are, are honest about that because they also have a rep to keep as well as business people. Uh, but obviously, you know, you know, they're on a, they always have to play on the safe side because they also want to sell the uh, the area right to other people. So anyways, the first two knows. Know the market in that area. That's a little more difficult. It'll take more work to do that. Four, know their school, right? Actually, I'd probably find out about this too, like what they teach. Know their history as much as possible. Them as business owners. Them as a school in that area. And them as people. Um, then that will really help you to decide. Now, I didn't tell you whether or not you should buy a Hagwon-type business, but what I can share is what I would do. Um, me personally, because I know who I am, I know I like building things, uh, I, I am quite uh, passive, um, but you know, I'm, not af- I'm, I'm not afraid of confrontation, but if someone confronts me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand my ground. You know, that's the type of person I am. 
right? So a confrontation is obviously uncomfortable, but it's not something, you know, I'm afraid of or um, aren't able to handle. So with that, knowing that stuff, say I know who I am, I, so let's talk about Kung Bang first, because uh, I've been seeing a lot of Kung Bangs on sale. Me personally, I would, okay, and this is just my personal um, opinion, right? So, you know, just an M- IMO, right? I would never, ever, ever, ever purchase a Kung Bang business. Um, I'll tell you why. Number one, a Kung Bang business is legally one owner, right? So a Kung Bang business really could never become a brand. It's, it's just a teacher teaching in the home to a parent's, in a parent's mind. Of course, you can make it, you can you know, start your Kung Bang business as a brand and then build and then focus on the brand as you uh, become a Hagwon one day or maybe you jump to Kyoto so then Hagwon, but you can probably make the jump from Kung Bang to Hagwon as long as you have the, the, the amount of students. And then you can start making yourself into a brand. And then, and then you know, then maybe it's a little easier to, to sell. But I would never, ever, ever buy a Kung Bang. One, because once the teacher is gone, the whole Kung Bang, in my opinion, is, is gone uh, into the parent's eyes. That's how I feel. Obviously, you know, people might disagree. So that's the main reason why I wouldn't buy a Kung Bang. Secondly, I do not want to work and live in the same place. I mean, I, I hate that. I like to have my privacy. Uh, as I said, I'm an introvert, so I need my time alone to recharge and get my energy. Um, thirdly, I don't know. I just want to buy a Kung Bang. <laughs> I, I, I don't really have any good answers really right now uh, that come to my head. But mainly, that just the first reason is, is enough for me. Once the school, once the, the main teacher is changed for Kung Bang, basically, it just becomes a new Kung Bang. So in my opinion, you just purchased... Uh, a business that you have to start all over again anyways so i mean if you are purchasing a kumbubang like for me if i were to purchase a kumbubang in an area it would be for this the only the sole reason that i could save my time on building the actual interior of that room and that i have some students to work with so that's just me right like the good thing with buying a kumbubang is you don't start at zero but what i suggest people to do is to tutor first and then go into a business like that's my suggestion tutor and then become a kung bang but you know i wouldn't take that suggestion myself i would just start with zero because that's just the type of person i am i like to take those risks now let's look at kyosuso would i ever buy a kyosuso i would never buy a kyosuso not never ever ever but never so it's a little less not as strong. It's not as a strong note for my Kongupang. But Kyosupso, I still wouldn't buy it because it's still, it could still, it could look like a brand, right? But still, it's still one teacher legally. Actually, some Kyosupsos probably have more uh, and they're operating as Hagwons. Then maybe, um, yeah, well, then it's a definite no because definite no, then you'd have to operate illegally, right? So I, I wouldn't buy a Kyosupso either for pretty much the same reason. Uh, mainly also to, it's, you can't systemize it, right? It's not a business. So if you're going to buy the business, I mean, I guess if you're buying it so that you can take over and run it like the actual teacher and teach all the classes, then yeah, maybe I, I might take a Kyosupso over a Kongbupang, especially because my living area and my working area is different. And I have the chance to kind of just uh, make it look like a brand, uh, a very small brand. 
So now, so the Kongbang Institute, I will never purchase it. Now a Hagwon. So a Hagwon is bigger, usually about 50 pyong, 40 pyong. They're bigger. They have, they can hire teachers. Uh, depending on what kind of Hagwon, you, you might not be able to hire E2 visa teachers. Whatever, buy a Hagwon business. Actually, I might, maybe. Actually, probably not though. So it's I'm still like not sure really because it could be a great Hagwon business and it could be running well because a Hagwon business and the reason why maybe a Hagwon business for me is a Hagwon is a business in my opinion, whereas a Kongupa and Kyosuso. They're more of kind of like jobs that you can control. They are technically, obviously, businesses on paper. But to me, a business is something that you can manage um, as, a, as an owner and not be there. Um, that is my idea of what a, a business is. Obviously, it's a business on paper. And like, you know, it's like the whole debate. Is, is a house an asset? Oh, okay, anyways. So, yeah, a hagwon potentially, but most likely not. I probably won't ever buy a hagwon. But I, I think... It can be a good investment depending on uh, what what that Hagwon has been bringing in. And if you just know everything, the infrastructure of that area, if nothing's going to be demolished anytime in the next five years, um, and especially if the buildings are new in that area, but at the same time, I probably there probably won't be a Hagwon on sale that I would buy, right? I might buy some like of my, uh, my friends' Hagwons who own Hagwons that are running well, you know, people who are running Hagwons from the U.S., and not even there. Yeah, those types of hagwons I might buy. Because, you know, I can just manage those. No problem. They've already been built. They have a brand. Everything. They work. But if the, the a lot of the hagwons that are being sold, um, either they're like too far in a remote area. Like, I, I just wouldn't buy those hagwons because I just can't travel there all the time. And obviously, I would like to travel and manage it in person somewhat. Um, so, in the end... My answer to buying a Kyosuso, Gongbang, or Hagwonen uh, business for me is a no right now. Um, and probably will, I will probably never buy a Hagwon business because mainly because I like building things. I want my Hagwon to resemble who I am as a teacher and my, my teaching philosophy. I still love to teach. Uh, that's why I get on these podcasts and I, I share things to whoever is willing to listen. And I want to build my own Hagwon. And I, I don't. Like, you know, there's a lot of people, I always, I see people writing stuff like, yeah, my goal is I'm going to build my hagwon and I'm, one day I'm going to sell it. And I'm just thinking like, okay, yeah, like, I guess you can sell it and make some money, uh, you know, make a premium and whatnot. But for me, I want to make a hagwon that I can keep forever and it just, you know, milks in money. That That's what I'm looking for. And obviously I don't say that like just to like try to get richer or whatnot, but I want to build something that's good enough that I don't have to like sell that I don't want to sell. Like, that's just like who I am. So the most important thing you need to know is yourself. You need to know what you want. And what I want is I want my own Hagwon. Um, I want it to resemble what I believe in. And I also want to help people in Korea. And obviously, right now, I'm, I don't have a Hagwon. I'm focusing on my flower business because I see the potential and growth in that. And it's growing. And it's a lot easier to manage. There are a lot less variables. But I do see myself opening up a Hagwon one day. Um, but the Hagwon I want to open up, it needs a lot of capital. It needs a lot of money. Uh, also, um, ideally, I would like to own space and then build a Hagwon in there because of just, you never just know really when you're renting places. 
and that's what I learned from my dad. Uh, as a, he's a businessman, so he, he's always like, "Yeah, like you, you need to try to you know buy the place," and I, that makes a huge difference because rent can go up like you wouldn't believe. So for right now, you know, I have my flower business, and that's the thing with that business. Like we can just go into any area, really, any space, because like we just make our flowers in there, and most of our orders are online. Um, but with the Hagwon business, it takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of time to build, but I think it'd be fun. So in conclusion, yeah, I just I went off on a tangent there. Sorry. The most important thing you need to know is yourself. Know what you want. Know what you don't want. Know what you're willing to do. And do some research, you know. Find out about the Hagwon. And then maybe it is meant for you to take over a Kung Bang. I mean, everyone's different. There's no one set answer. So I only shared my opinion and I shared some things that everyone should really consider when it comes to buying a Hagwon type business. I don't have experience with buying one, but this is just from my experience uh, with my experience with my Kyosubso and I'm doing business in the flower industry, um, knowing that there are these these things in the business, in the small business world, which is pretty much uh, us small business owners, what, what we're doing. So anyways, that's it. I kind of went all over the place. Thank you for listening, and I'm so glad that you were here, and I'll catch you in the next episode whenever that is. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of HagwonStart.com. You can access any podcast episode and the show notes by visiting HagwonStart.com slash the number of the podcast episode. For example, the first episode, you can go to HagwonStart.com slash 001, and you can listen to the episode there. Good luck in your business planning and building and feel free to email me at hagwonstart at gmail.com if you have any questions and also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes.